Chapter Seven. You know, if my father finds out I've been hanging around criminals, I'll be grounded for a year. Marco joked as we flew toward the south side of town. You're not the only one. I called back, careful to maintain my distance from the others, though staying close enough to communicate in thought speak. As we morphed, Eric had filled us in on accessing the Pemolite ship. Then we had bailed at top speed, pausing only long enough to change the channel on Eric's TV. The two chi would be stuck there for a while. We flew all out, forgetting about saving energy. We had energy. What we didn't have was time. Railroad tracks up ahead, Jake said. I wish Act were here to keep track of time, if nothing else. Train tracks ahead, along with junked cars, saggy buildings, and mounds of garbage. My eagle eyes showed me everything. The smashed liquor bottles, the empty vials, spent bullet casings, cigarette butts, graffiti. Even the air felt different here. Darker, grayer, heavy with the absence of hope. This battlefield had already been claimed by the enemy. And suddenly, I wasn't so sure we could take it back. I was glad Axe wasn't there. I didn't want to have to explain this to him. And I doubted Tobias would find him in time to get involved. Besides, who needed the extra firepower? Crooks might scare ordinary people, but not us. This was a quick, easy, in and out. No biggie. That must be the place, Jake said. The house with the big steel door. Let's go. I spilled air from my wings, following him down into the bushy, overgrown backyard. We had about five minutes left before the raid. Maybe. Not even enough time to land, demorph, and morph again. These were bad odds. And yet... The rush! I landed in weeds and debris. I immediately began demorphing to human. My beak rolled into my face. My head bulged and grew. My legs stretched, shooting me up into the air as my feathers dissolved and slithered back into my human skin. I felt suddenly vulnerable. For the moment, I was just a girl. A girl in a bad place. Time to morph again. Something big. Something dangerous. Something that didn't care too much about steel doors and 9mm. Jake, Marco, and Cassie were beginning their own morphs. Jake was thinking like me. This was a bash job. Forget subtlety. The rhino horn was already growing from his forehead. Marco's arms were long and covered with coarse black hair. Cassie's face had elongated into a sleek wolf's muzzle. I hate being last. I closed my eyes and began my next morph in a hurry. Sprout? My nose unraveled like a fire hose. Morphing is never pretty, and it is never predictable. It happens in ways that don't quite kill you, but sometimes come pretty close. Things come popping out or disappearing in bizarre sequence. That had just happened. I had a one-third size elephant trunk sticking out of my otherwise normal face. My bones ground and shifted, expanding until my head was big enough for the trunk. The size of one of those cute little Volkswagens. My legs were thickening, huge as telephone poles. My skin darkened, toughened into leather. Then, in one dizzying spurt, my tree stump legs became tree trunk legs. I shot straight up, 13 feet up into the air, as my body swelled into a muscled, 
14,000-pound blimp. I had good eyes and excellent ears the size of beach blankets. Suddenly, the sound of car doors slamming. Wham! 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 Police! Open the door! Glass shattering. Wood splintering. Jake cursed. The raid started! He yelled. Marco, it's your job to snatch the tree and get her out of there. The rest of us will cover you. Go, go, go! Chapter 8 Down, down! Down on the floor! Hands behind your head! Down, don't move! There had to be a dozen cops, all yelling. How long before they found the tree? And if the cop who was a controller found her first? Heart pounding, I charged through the brambles and bushes toward the house. The ground trembled beneath me. Literally. Jake was at my side, keeping pace, following me because with rhino eyes, he couldn't see well enough to know where he was going. The back door opened and a filthy, skinny guy stumbled out. A trumpeted. Ah! He screamed, turned, and ran back inside. Then... Gunfire! Me first, then you, Jake said. Yeah, I acknowledged. Wham! Jake slammed the back door and knocked it open, popping it loose from its hinges. He backed up. I hit the doorway. I muscled shoulders into it, twisting and snapping the wood frame, lifted up and buckled the ceiling. My huge head was inside, inside in the dark. Bright gun flashes. Someone screamed. A dark shape rushed right in front of me. He was not wearing a uniform. I whipped my trunk and caught him in the belly. He went down hard. The gun skittered from his fingers. I pulled back and Marco and Cassie bounded through the hole Jake and I had made. People were yelling. The air echoed with confusion. Freeze or all shoot! Hey, is that a rhinoceros? Marco bellowed. Oh man, I don't need a drink this bad! A sharp, high-pitched yelp. A wolf. Cassie. Someone had shot Cassie. Enraged, I put my shoulder against the back door frame and pushed, this time with all I had. Bricks slid. Mortar crumbled. I pushed harder. The bricks buckled and the entire wall collapsed. Bricks thudded down around me. On me. But I hardly felt them. Trumpeting, I thundered across the wreckage. Dust clouded my vision, clawed my lungs, making me sneeze. Achoo! The blast blew over a bony girl smoking a cigarette. Holy crap, an elephant! Someone shouted. Go for backup! A cop shouted. They got a whole circus in here! I swung my trunk, scattering a few rickety chairs. Cassie? Rachel? Cassie, where are you? I called desperately, bashing through a wall and searching the next room. The floor was lined with stained mattresses that reeked of stale pee and barf. A chalk-skinned, blank-eyed guy, too stoned to even move, just lay there, staring up at me. I picked him up by the ankle and tossed him out the hole in the wall. I didn't want to accidentally step on the guy. Let the cops deal with him later. I'm with Lourdes under the stairs! Cassie cried. 
Rachel, some jerk shot me in the back, and I can't move my legs. I can't demorph with all these people around. A fierce red bubble of anger popped deep inside my brain. Marco! I shouted, ramming through another wall. Ah, I'm hit! A cop moaned from somewhere in the darkness. What? Marco called back. Where's the creep with the gun? I said, swinging my head and pulverizing the remains of a doorframe. He's on the landing right above where Cassie's with the chief. I can't get him. I've been stabbed. Not good. This place is a madhouse. Marco yelled. They have me! Jake reported from outside. I got lost and crashed out through the front, and the cops have surrounded me with their patrol cars. This was insane. We were getting torn apart in the crossfire between the criminals and the cops. First things first, the guy with the gun. The guy who'd shot Cassie. I was mad, and I was big. Nothing could stop me. Wood, plaster, and paneling fell before me like confetti. I was gutting the house. I was on a rampage. I headed for the rooms at the front. Walls shook. The rotted wooden floor bowed, cracked, and gave way. Creak! I stumbled, my legs dropping to the crawlspace beneath the house. Four feet deep. Big deal. I got up and plowed through the sharp, splintered wood like a kid pushing through the surf at the beach. Rusty nails and wood shards gouged my skin. Pinpricks of pain. They didn't matter. I dug the floor up with my tusks. The guy with the gun. I wanted him, and I would have him. And then, suddenly, there he was, crouched in front of the closet door under the stairs. He was dirty, skinny, hollow-eyed. He saw me, too. Aimed his gun right at my head. Andalite, he sneered and pulled the trigger. Chapter 9 Pow! A sharp, stinging sensation. Searing, brutal pain. Hot blood gushed from my head and blinded my right eye. I swung my trunk like a baseball bat, felt it connect with his bony body. Oomph! He howled, sailing across the room and crashing through the grimy front window. He hit the ground and lay there, shattered glass raining down around him. Through the awful pulsing in my head, I heard disembodied voices from the street. Hey, that's Strake! That's the guy we want! Quick, cuff him! A cop shouted. What about this rhino? He's wrecking my squad car! Somebody grab that gorilla before he rips the bar lights off my patrol car! Don't worry about them right now! We've got animal control and some vet from the Gardens Wildlife Park coming down! Let them deal with it. Just stay back. What? I blinked to clear my eye of seeping blood. Some vet from the Gardens Wildlife Park? I thought. Oh, great. Cassie's mother was the vet from the Gardens. And she was mighty handy with a tranquilizer gun. Marco, can you get back in here? I called as a wave of weakness washed over me. I've been shot. I'll try, but right now I've got about seven cops with shotguns pointed straight at my chest, Marco said nervously. Jeez, now a hawk too? A cop yelled. 
What is this? When animals attack? Everybody, hold your fire or we'll end up shooting each other. Hurry up, Tobias. We're kind of in deep here. I called, squeezing my trunk around the closet door handle and yanking it open. I have axe, too. That was the first good news I'd heard in a while. An android sat propped against the dirty wall. A chi. A limp, panting wolf draped across her lap. They were both drenched in blood. Lourdes? Hi, you must be Rachel. Eric told us all about you. Pleased to meet you. Uh, yeah, you too. I said, unsettled by the chi's omniscience. Then, Cassie, can you hear me? I said. The wolf lifted its head and gazed at me through dark, tormented eyes. Yes! Demorph, do it now! I said, wrapping my trunk around her and gently lifting her out of the closet. And get arrested? She laughed weakly. No way! My mother would kill me! Get back! Run! Quick! Screams, thuds, pounding feet. Here, give her to me! Marco said, appearing beside me and taking Cassie into his arms. Blood oozed from a large wound in his neck and streaked his shoulder. Two nasty gashes ran down his right arm. What's going on out there? I asked Marco, reaching back in and lifting Lourdes out of the closet with my trunk. Nothing to an elephant. Elephants can lift trees. An android was a feather. Jake got away. He's already around back. How? Tobias! He snatched some cop's gun and is flying around like Psycho Bird, scaring everyone half to death. Even Strake is trying to crawl under a squad car. Then let's do it, I said. Now or never, Marco agreed. Stumbling, we turned in the tight space and came face to face with a cop. He was sweating, shaking. I couldn't blame him. But his expression changed. I saw a new fear. And then, a familiar hatred. Andalites, he said. Sneering, the cop raised his pistol and pulled the trigger. Cassie yelped. Marco jerked, swayed, and pitched forward, disappearing down into the dark, dank crawlspace. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Um, I'm going to keep it short this time because uh, it's my birthday week, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. I have just one quick message. It is um, Ember Delf, a longtime listener and a current premium member, re-upping her premium membership status here by kindly donating um, some money to my PayPal uh, with this message. Happy birthday! Have a drink slash coffee or whatever you want on me. Thank you for the continued work you keep putting into your project. You've come really far in your editing skills. I keep forgetting to tell you that we are the same age, and I'll be turning 32 this year as well. It's kind of cool to think we are reading these books around the same time as kids. Anyway, I hope you get to do something you enjoyed this year for your B-Day. Cheers, Ember Delph. Thank you so much, Ember. Um, I did. I took a week off work and just hung out, and it was really cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's my that's my idea of a good time, is spending a week indoors, um, not working. 
<laughs> but thank you so much. I'll um I don't know. I'll probably order some food with that money. Thank you. Um, you've contributed to my dinner this time since you've specified this is a birthday gift. Uh, I won't go to server fees. Um, thank you so much, Ember. Uh, if you'd like to uh, donate money to me for whatever reason, you don't have to. I'm fine. Um, but hey, if you wanna, uh, there is a link to my PayPal um, on my website. That's theapocalypse.com. The apocalypse, like apocalypse with a D in the middle. Um, if you'd like to just message me and not send me money, which is totally fine as well, you can, of course, do that through the website. There's also a contact form there. You can do that through Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Or you can do it on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Yes, correct. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm also on Twitter at audiomorphs. Check that if I'm ever late posting. Um, or just swing by to say hi. I'll probably just respond there instead of reading it on the show if you do that. Um... That's all I got for you this week. Uh, Thank you once again for listening, and I'll see you next week. My name is Daniel. I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.